Welcome to the Mustang UMC podcast recorded each Sunday morning during our 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. services. We invite you to join us in praise and worship during that time, and our hope is that this podcast serves as an encouragement for you and for your family in your daily life. I want you to look at your neighbor. Everybody look at your neighbor. Tell them, stay tapped in. All right, that was terrible. The early service was better than that. Look at your neighbor. Tell them, stay tapped in. Look at the other neighbor that you probably don't like as much and tell them the same thing. Say, stay tapped in. I want to ask you, and I want you to think about this in your head, what's one of the biggest issues in today's society? I want you to think about that. Probably a couple of ideas come to your mind as one of the biggest issues of today's society. And I'd argue to say that the root of the vast majority of the problems that you all are thinking about right now stems from this sense of lack of self-identity. And I think this is true, not just of the world, but it's especially true of us as Christians. We have this, self, this sense of lack of self-identity. So as I was preparing for this message, I did a little bit of research, and you're going to feel like you're in a statistics class for a second, but hang with me. I promise this is all going to make sense. So we're going to look at a couple of charts that was completed by Pew Research when they did a little research in regards to Christians and kind of a percentage of U.S. adults. I know that might be kind of hard to see, so I'm going to break it down just a little bit. This is the percentage of U.S. adults who identify with a certain type of religion. In 2007, 78% of U.S. adults said they identified as Christians. In 2021, that number has dropped to 63%. In 2007, 16% of U.S. adults said they didn't identify with any sort of religion. That number's now increased to 29%. And looking at this next chart, this is the percentage of U.S. adults who identify as, and this is the certain type of Christian. The one I primarily wanted to look at was the top one, the Protestant. In 2007, 52% of U.S. adults identified as Protestant Christian. That number's now dropped to 40% in 2021. This next chart was extremely interesting to me, and frankly, it was pretty heartbreaking too. This is the percentage of U.S. adults who say they pray and on what basis they pray. That first line, 58% in 2017, said that they prayed on a daily basis. That number has now dropped in 2021 to 45%. The bottom one, the, real, the one that, that really truly broke my heart. 2007, 18%, 18% said they seldom slash never prayed. That number has now increased to 32% in 2021. And finally, this last chart is the percentage of U.S. adults who say religion is blank important in their life. 2007, 56% of U.S. adults would say that religion was very important in their life. Now only 41% would say that it's important. And then not too much or not at all, 16% in 2007, 33% in 2021 would say that religion is not even important in their life. So as seen in the charts, identifying Christians is certainly on a decline. And I wonder why that is. I think a big part of that is our social media. Social media is a great tool. 
Um, but I think a big part of that plays into social media. I had to ask the early service um, <laughs> if they knew what social media was. And I got a lot of laughter, which is good. Nobody said anything mean about me asking that question. But I think social media plays into this. We got to keep up with the status. Lucito just went out and bought a new car. I got to go buy a new car. They just got the newest pair of shoes. I got to go get the newest pair of shoes. They just got the big promotion. I got to keep working until I get the big promotion. Social media tells us, and it's telling our younger generation, that we can be whatever we want to be. I'm sorry, I hate to break it to you, but you can't identify as a tree. I got some laughter in the early service. It's okay, you guys can laugh. We're here together this morning. You guys still awake? Say amen if you're still awake out there. Okay, just making sure you guys are still plugged in. And I think one of the big things about social media that's hurting us and hurting, especially hurting our younger generation is the filters. You know, we take a selfie and it's like, oh, I got a pimple there. We got to make sure we crop that out because nobody else in the world has a pimple. Oh, my teeth look a little yellow. Can we go ahead and whiten those? Social media is straight fake. And we're teaching the younger generation that we have to be fake in order to fit in. And this is sort of where this identity crisis sort of falls into. And it leads to division, it leads to hate, and it leads to hurt. And I feel like a lot of us, myself included at times, so many of us are trying so hard to find our identity when we need to realize it's already been found. There's nothing more we have to do. God tells us we're loved. He tells us we're forgiven. He tells us we're chosen. Fearfully and wonderfully made. Made in his image. Perfect just the way we are because he created us. Thank you. I, was, I had to ask for some, some help in early service because everyone was just kind of just looking at me. I'm like, come on, that's exciting stuff, right? We don't have to change. We don't have to do anything. God made us just the way we are. We are perfect in his image. So we need to quit trying to strive to be the, the best, you know, whatever social media tells us we have to be. And so once we realize this, we realize that we are enough, how do we stay engaged in it? How do we stay connected to that? And that's really the question I want to present to us this morning. We realize that God has told us we're enough. How do we stay connected to that? So if you would, bow your heads and let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. God, I thank you for today. God, I thank you for the freedom to be able to gather here in this place, Lord, and to talk about you. God, I pray that you open the hearts, open the minds, open the ears that are in this congregation, in this sanctuary this morning, Lord. And for those of us joining online, God, I pray that you just use me as a vessel, Lord, to portray the message that you would have us here this morning. We thank you for your son. We thank you for your unending grace. And it's your son's name we pray. Amen. Scripture this morning is going to kind of come in two different chunks, but if you have a Bible with you, I invite you to open that. The words will also be on the screen. Um, I'm going to be reading from the message translation, so it may be a little bit different than, than any hard copy you have. But if you want to, turn to 1 Peter chapter 2, and we're going to kind of read today's scripture. It's going to be verses 11 through 25, again, 1 Peter chapter 2. But we're going to read today's scripture in kind of two parts, and we're going to kind of dissect those different parts. But hear the word of the Lord. Friends, this world is not your home, so don't make yourselves cozy in it. Don't indulge your ego at the expense of your soul. Live an exemplary life in your neighborhood so that your actions will refute their prejudice. 
Then they'll be one over to God's side and be there to join in the celebration when he arrives. Make the master proud of you by being good citizens. Respect the authorities, whatever their level. They are God's emissaries for keeping order. It is God's will by that doing good, you might cure the ignorance of the fools who think you're a danger to society. Exercise your freedom by serving God, not by breaking the rules. Treat everyone you meet with dignity. Love your spiritual family. Revere God and respect the government. It's a pretty good word, isn't it? I'm going to read that last part again. Exercise your freedom by serving God, not by breaking the rules. Treat everyone you meet with dignity. Love your spiritual family. Revere God and respect the government. Brian, if we could, let's go to that next slide. <laughs> I really like being up here, man. I get to make you guys all uncomfortable. Everyone's like, oh, what's he going to say? Respect the government. Here's what I want us to do. I want us to do a little exercise. If you voted for Joe Biden, I want you to come to this side of the sanctuary. If you voted for Donald Trump, I want you to come over here. We're not actually going to do that. I bring that to a point, and that point is this. By this simple photograph alone, relationships in here could have been destroyed if we would have done that exercise. Hate would have been created. Division would have been created. For what? God's really convicted me this week as I prepared for this message. And it can be a hard thought, but regardless of whichever gentleman up here that you voted for, both of them are children of God. Period. That's the bottom line. We've had a lot of tragedies in the past several years, and this past week we even had one with the, the Buffalo shooting, just an act of evil, an act of hatred, an act of um, just, just flat-out racism. And as hard as it is for my human brain, and I can't wrap my human brain around it, the gentleman that, that carried out that act, God still loves him. And that's so hard for me to wrap my head around. But man, I'm thankful for a God that doesn't give up on me. To bring this kind of maybe to a more relatable sense, this can be the same is true for the person that you don't like. Maybe someone who spoke ill about you. Someone who did that unthinkable, unimaginable thing to you all those years back. God loves them. And we are called to love them too. So I want to ask you, what's your identity rooted in? One of the first things people will ask you when, when they meet you and you introduce yourself, you tell them your name, they'll say, okay, well, what do you do? I say, well, maybe I should get a name tag and say, you know, I'm a credit analyst at Bank 7, which is great, Danny. I think it's awesome. I love being a credit analyst at Bank 7. My boss is in here, so i got to make sure he knows that I'm okay with being a credit analyst at Bank 7. I love it. I love my job. But I don't want to root my identity in my job. The world wants you to believe that you are just blank. You're just angry. You're just someone who's depressed. You're just a widow. You're just someone who's retired. You're just an alcoholic. You're just addicted to pornography. You're just blank. For our seniors, I'm just a young kid. I'm just a college kid. 
I'm just starting my career. And I think too often, sometimes we point to our circumstances to make excuses for our actions. I feel this way, so, so I'm allowed to do this thing. I feel this way, so I'm allowed to look at this thing. And we try and justify our actions. But God wants you to be more. He wants me to be more. God says we are more. And he invites us to stay connected to him so we feel that way all the time. So how do we do that? How do we stay connected to God? How do we love others like Jesus loved them? How do we root our identity in Christ? And that's kind of where our second part of our scripture this morning comes into play. We're going to pick back up in 1 Peter, starting with verse 18. You who are servants, be good servants to your masters, not just to good masters, but also to bad ones. What counts is that you put up with it for God's sake when you're treated badly for no good reason. There's no particular virtue in accepting punishment that you well deserve. But if you're treated badly for good behavior and continue in spite of it to be a good servant, that is what counts with God. This is the kind of life you've been invited to, the kind of life Christ lived. He suffered everything that came his way so that you could know that it could be done and also know how to do it step by step. He never did one thing wrong, not once said anything amiss. They called him every name in the book and he said nothing back. He suffered in silence, content to let God set things right. He used his servant body to carry our sins to the cross so we could be rid of sin, free to live the right way. His wounds became your healing. You were lost sheep with no idea who you were or where you were going. Now you're named and kept for the good by the shepherd of your souls. I want to be very clear about reading that. And, and um, God is not calling you. And if you're here this morning or you're watching online and you're in a toxic or abusive relationship, God's not calling you to be submissive to that. And I don't want that to get confused with what I've read. But what God is calling us to as Christians is to be submissive to a life full of love. Love when it's easy, love when it's hard, just love. So how do we attain the posture that Jesus carried? How do we, how do we achieve that? And for some of us, like, a better question may be, how do we maintain that? Because I don't know about you, but for me, it's very, very easy for me to be a pretty good Christian when things in my life are going right. When I'm having a good day, it's pretty easy for me to be a good Christian. But if I don't get enough sleep, or I haven't eaten a meal in a little while, you're going to see a different side of me that isn't very Christian-like. And come on, somebody else is out there like that. Y'all are just too shy to say it. So how do we do this? How do we just, how do we just have this overflowing joy and overflowing love? We stay tapped into God at all times. I kind of came up with three different ways that we can do this and ways that we can stay tapped in. The first one is stop compromising. I think this is so important. And you can see it in the charts. The number of Christians is on the decline. We've allowed the world to taint our gospel and what the Bible says. We have to stop compromising we have to refuse to allow things of this world to eat away at our time. 
that eat away at our focus, to consume the majority of our time. Craig Rochelle said it this way, what consumes our mind controls our lives. And that's so very true. We have to stop compromising. The second thing is that we have to continue to pray. Pray when you feel something and pray when you feel nothing. Just pray. And pray all the time. Karen Reynolds stopped me after early service and um, I had no idea that this was going on, but I don't think it's a coincidence that I talked about it in my message this morning. But we have an upcoming little two-week mini-session coming up at this church on how to pray. So whether you're a professional prayer like Karen Reynolds, if you've never heard her pray, whew, come on, that's good. Or you're just a somewhat okay prayer like me, I think this session is going to be very beneficial. You can grab one of these out in the foyer on your way out. I encourage you to grab it. There's a lot of information. There's a lot of things for kids as well. But this is, this is a good guide, and I think this will be um, super good for our church because prayer is how we stay connected to God. Prayer's always kind of been a confusing thing to me. Um, you know, it's like I've, I realize God already knows how I feel. He knows what I'm thinking. He knows what I want. So why in the world do I have to tell him, right? Like he already knows. But I'm very thankful for an illustration that my dad gave me when I was kind of um, in the youth program. <clears throat> and I told him, I was like, Dad, prayer doesn't make sense to me. I mean, God already knows. And he just kind of looked at me and he said, well... This is the best way I can put it. Your mom knows that I love her, but she still wants to hear me say it. And that's forever stuck with me. And God's the same way. He knows what we want. He just wants to hear us say it. So how do we stay tapped into God? We stop compromising, first and foremost. Second, we continue to pray. Pray continually all the time. And last but certainly not least, we accept Jesus' love. So many of us, myself included, have such a hard time accepting Christ's love for us. The shame we feel, the guilt we carry, the sin we feel, the, sin, the sinful acts that we carry out. And to me, it's no wonder the number of Christians is on the decline, right? We're selling this product, we're trying to sell Jesus, and we as Christians, we don't even 100% believe in it all the time. So no wonder no one else wants to buy it. We have to be Christians who are completely bought in and understand that we are messy, we are sinful, but nonetheless, God still loves us. So how do we stay tapped in? We stop compromising, can pray continually, and we accept Jesus' love. And I think flat out, sometimes we just simply overcomplicate it. Sometimes we just overcomplicate this idea of Christianity. Rufus Mosley, an evangelist, he said it this way, and I really like this. Life in Jesus is gloriously easy. It has one responsibility, the responsibility of remaining in union. If you stay in union with him, he'll take care of everything else. So I ask you today, what are you tapped into? What's your source? Does your source have eternal value? Because friends, if what you're tapped into today is of this world, it's only a matter of time before it's going to let you down. 
And because ultimately what you're tapped into, that's eventually what will pour out of you. I want to take this time to just say something that I felt kind of that God put on my heart um, this morning, and that is if you've ever been hurt by the church, if you're here this morning or watching online, you've ever been hurt by the church or someone in the church, I first and foremost want to say I'm sorry. But secondly, I want to tell you don't give up on God just because a human made a mistake. Because there is a God and he loves you deeply. Don't turn your back on him just because some human messed up. Thank you for listening to the Mustang UMC podcast. Once again, our services are at 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. every Sunday morning, and we would love to see you there. For more information about the Mustang United Methodist Church, please visit us at mustangumc.org or email us at office at mustangumc.org. That is office at mustangumc.org. We hope you enjoyed.